Woodley on the beat. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to another episode of the Minute Little Convos podcast. We're here with the Hustle of JA team. Also with 8716, David Nunes, Malik Thomas, right? Gentlemen, how are you doing today? Good in the world. Wonderful. Wonderful. Great, great, great. Now, great environment, great people. Exciting. Yeah, man, that's awesome. the way we do it, you know? So, for those five people listening locally that don't know who 876 investors and international listeners who don't know in general, can you give us a synopsis of what 876 is truly about, what it is, and how it started? Okay, so 876 Invest. We basically started in 2019. We've been a group before that, a group of young men who are always interested in innovative solutions, futuristic solutions, forward thinking ideas. So, what we all had in common through all of this was our idea of what investing should be like. So our, fi- our first main investment came from the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Right. While we understood that the Stock Exchange was one of the best performing in 2015 and also more recently 2018. So looking at all of that um, schematics, we realized that, okay, we need to now come together to ed- further educate the wider public and young people, especially that investing is really a thing. And right. People who would have thought that investing would have been an older person thing. Right. We helped to revolutionize in Jamaica to say, listen, as young as you are, as young as you can be to start to open an account and actually start to grow your money, you should go for it. So we start different initiatives by trying to get people to come out and listen to our talks, convos, create WhatsApp groups, you know, create an online social media presence to bring young people to the possibilities that exist in Jamaica on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. And as we go along more and more, we start spreading different investment tactics outside of Jamaica. So 876 is just basically a group that spreads financial knowledge and awareness to the wider public, especially young people. So what do you think? I mean, many people have been doing this even before, not necessarily as a group, but many people have been trying to get the, the, the younger generation, you know, towards investing, towards, you know, trying to build up on financial knowledge, you understand? But right. what, what, what makes 876 so special? What's so unique about 876 that ma- the majority of young women and men kind of going towards this investing world, wanting to invest in themselves? What really attributed to 876's influence on young men and women wanting to invest? Okay, so basically, when you look at it, when you think about investment, and as I said earlier, our flavor that we bring to the table is that we're a team of young people, which before 876 really started, there wasn't much of an influence coming from younger folks who could actually um, talk about the market, describe all aspects of the market, and in a sense, bring a flavor to it is more young people oriented. Mm-hmm. more millennial oriented to show people that listen investing is not about the big words not about the older people tactic not about the the having a lot of money tactic it's really just about being fundamentally smart you don't have to 
know everything about a company. You do not have to know even how to read a balance sheet. Right. Simple fundamental things as to look it into as an investor. Simple as okay, I know company A just started, but what their future looks like just by looking into the company's goal. Right. Can tell you, okay, I see the economy, the economy going towards a more futuristic basis of arts, let's say artificial intelligence. Right. And just looking at stuff like that can mm-hmm. give you an inclination that this company will grow because right. artificial intelligence is an underserved um, sector at the moment. Right. So, it's you know, it's, it can be fundamental and investing is so exciting. Mm-hmm. Just knowing that piece of fundamental mm-hmm. um, thought there can lead you to different goals. Right. So you will grow, you will learn how to read the financial sheets, you will learn how to get much better, more savvy investor. Right. So our, our taste of the market really just brings a new fresh vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just about coming attacking the market from a younger perspective, not an older mind. You know, right, right. nothing is wrong with the older minds, but you know, it can be a little bit of a deterrent to young people when thinking about it. Agreed. 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 That is something that should be done only when you're a certain age. Right. Right. But yeah. And I'd like to add that you're never too young to start because I personally started back in third. You know what I'm saying? That's when I first purchased my first stock. Right. You know long ago that was. I wanted to know because for you guys to be at this point now, I wanted to know, you know, what sparked this interest in finances, you know, investing. Personal finances. Yes, personal finances, you know, all of that. Alright, so technically for for me personally, so you know, literally, as a man growing up. Right. There's so many things in the world that say, you know, here, don't want this, don't want that. You know, agree, right? agree. That's the thing. So I saw me look like from a young man and say, you know, here, don't want this, don't want this. But guess what? But now that they pay for nobody to say, you know, give me this. You know what I'm saying? Right. So when my birdie comes to me, the man say, you know, here, I show you a way how you can make money. Right. You know what I'm saying? You can grow your money. Your money are worth for you while you not do nothing. So you had, a, you had a mentor. That's the thing, yeah. I had a mentor and that was my brother. You know what I'm saying? Right. But literally, the man I say, yo, hero, you can do yourself nothing. Right. And your money up is hard work for you. And the good thing about money working for you, right. literally, you can't get tired. You can't get tired. You can't get tired. You're not going to feed. You're not going to nothing. Right. It's just a work. Right. You get so, so, what about the people that didn't have a brother like yours? Like people. And here we go. That right. goes back right to what we spoke about earlier. Mm-hmm. This is what 876 is about. Yeah, and that yeah. is why we've taken in initiatives to go into high school because while Malik, I'll tell my story after mm-hmm. Malik started, he had his brother to guide him. Mm-hmm. I had to go through something that was a little bit more tragic and changing in my life for me to realize that, wow, investing is very important. Right. And growing money is of utmost importance for us. Anybody's life. Definitely. Starting from an early basis is the best because I know, you know, when you reach into your years now of being able to adapt certain responsibilities, you would have already have amassed a certain amount of knowledge Naturally. and probably by that time a certain amount of wealth. Of course. So getting people into it from early right. because it's different to an older person sitting, you know, you should invest some money than a younger person who's more relatable. relatable. Right. Look at me and say, listen, mm-hmm. I have realized that even Malik here, I have realized gains from third form to when I was in sixth form, you know? Right. That inspires a younger generation who are knowing the formative years of their life when they 
breathe is like sponge. Of course, you know, absorbing everything. Absorbing everything. Like, yeah. Wow, you know, there's something, there's a bigger picture out there for money rather than okay, I just receive lunch money every day. Right. You know, so yeah. it gives a good outlook. All right, so why don't you tell us? Malik told us his story about um, getting into investing. You know, he said your story is a bit more tragic. Can you give yes. us a bit of insight into that? My own is a little bit more tragic. I won't go into the specifics. Specific to full. It's very long. But the synopsis of it was that uh, my real backbone financially growing up was my uncle. You know, he was a prominent Jamaican. He was the person who would have helped me up in terms of going to school and all of that. And right, right. He got sick and. I was in university at the time and I literally had to you know, dedicate a lot of my time to, to helping to take care of him and also his household. Right, right, so right. This was the turning point for me to realizing wow, because I was not thrown figures were not thrown at me. I no longer had to just be on the receiving benefit of saying, Okay, I get this for my lunch money, that's it, I have to cook it up. Right. I now got exposed to what it means to okay, run this household. How much money I need to pay out per week, and you know, light bill, all of that. Right. So he eventually passed, and at that point, I was still interested in taking care of this household, and that's where I no longer had a chance to get the money from him to say, okay, here's the money to do this. I now had to think of creative ways in order to say, how will I keep this household up? Right. You know, without cutting because those staff, the staff that was at his household, I mean, I was very close to them. So I said I couldn't cut them. Of so course, I had to figure out ways to keep them right. while keeping money flowing through the household. Right, right, so that's right. where I started my first venture of going into Airbnb. Airbnb Black House, you know. I remember. Marketed so well and all of that. And I was getting like top tier money for Airbnb as well. Right. It was top tier money to keep up that house anyways. Right. right. Even renting out the house, the artist, Tommy Lee did a video shoot at that house. Really? Yeah. Um, Spartan Empire. <laughs> <laughs> Spartan Empire. I did everything to keep it up. Everything until that estate was settled and then everything was just fine. And that is my point where I said, listen, this is no life changing for me. I now have to realize that yo, money yeah. is something that literally will drive you crazy. That's one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you can't pay bills. Mm-hmm. And two, it's the hardest thing, not only to keep, but to grow. So you always have to find innovative ways. Yeah. All right. So, you know, getting a little bit more into the 876 world, you know, you told us your personal stories and, you know, very, very influential. You understand? But getting a little bit into the meat of the matter now with 876, a lot of people, even though information is being relayed, like a plethora of information is being relayed online. And I said, you guys kind of translate it. You understand and make it easier for consumption. You understand? So, reading a balance sheet, you know, stock analysis, all of these things, they don't come naturally. They're skills that have to be earned, they have to practice. You understand? So, how can somebody really go about, you know, trying to acquire these skills, trying to really master this money game? Although it's never really mastered, it's a continuous game, right? right. You understand? So, can you give us a little bit of insight into how we can actually acquire these skills and use them practically, right? Yeah. I'd also like to add um, to what Bayani said as well. Before you guys can actually invest in a company, I'm sure there are certain factors that you look for, you know, the performance of the company, you know, those different things. How do you go about, you know, investing into these companies? You know, you decide what's bad, what's good from what's bad. Right. 
So we'll get to that question separately. That probably separate that apart. Answer finally part first. All right. Mm-hmm. Money, that, that big All right. So here's the thing. People think that hey, you start investing, you have to know for you. All right. So you have three main sheets. You have the balance sheet, cash flow, and PL. Right? right. So people feel like oh, for me start investing, I have to know everything about that. No. All right, that's a right. myth. No, it's a myth. All right, for me personally, it's a myth. Yeah. Honestly, what I'd say, just understand certain things. Right, so you can look at the company. Look at the company first thing. What company are you looking at? Right. right. So say you're looking at a company like say, my favorite company, Jamie. Right. Right. So you look at a company like Jamie Bank. Everybody knows Jamie Bank. Banking X Y Z. You make big moves. You get what I'm saying? Right. Things right. like that. They're growing. For a big bang that they are, they're still, still growing. growing. You get what I'm saying? So the one one thing one thing you can look and say, all right, maybe JMB is a good one. No, when you start looking into the certain sheets now, so balance sheets, cash flow, they are very important. You know, but what I realize is that in Jamaica, people mainly look at the profit and loss. Right, right. And the one concept most people look at is the earnings spreadsheet. Right. Right? Not that that's a bad thing, mm-hmm. but the thing is, there's a lot more to the right. statements, right. you get what I'm saying, than just say, hey, earnings per share. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool? So that's that's one thing that I see about all this situation where, hey, but I don't feel like you have to know everything because at right. the end of the day, you can't just say, oh, you're going to learn how to do everything before you start investing. So what can you what can you use like as conclusive evidence for like a buy? Like, if I look on a balance sheet, mm-hmm. I just see one bag of numbers going straight down. <laughs> you understand the executives, yeah, the people in the company. Right. What do I look on? Out of all the information. So, one look? of the things you can look for is growth. Right. So, you look on last year numbers compared to this year numbers. Right. right? How I might never philosophy. If a company isn't growing, it's dying. That's just my personal philosophy. Right. You always have to, just like with you in your life, you right. always have to try to Agree. Same way, same thing when you see a company. So you look on last year numbers compared to this year numbers. Right. If you not understand all the numbers, all the things that come straight down, it's up on the main thing. Right. So if you look on the balance sheet, assets, liabilities. You want to try to grow your assets, so the assets are the things that you own. Of course. So like if you have, if you own a house, that's an asset. Right? right? The loan we are paid to the bank now, that would be a liability. Right. You get know what I'm saying? Right. So that's the thing. You want to grow your assets, but you don't want to rack up too much liability. Right. You get know right. what I'm saying? Right, right. And then the spread between that shareholder equity. We don't want to get too much into the yeah, 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 yeah. We don't want to get too much into yeah, the details. I mean, I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. That really makes a lot of sense. And what Malik is saying is that in a nutshell is that really and truly you don't know, have to know everything in that balance sheet initially. You will eventually get there. Certain things that should stand up to everybody mm-hmm. that's on the sheet, which is actually the most important part, the part that says profit. A company's financial statement. Mm-hmm. Use, there's a lot of words in it. Shareholders mm-hmm. equity. Um non-controlling interest, controlling interest. I mean mm-hmm. for me it seems like a lot of information at first when you're looking mm-hmm. at it. But from a pure investor standpoint, I mean if you're not inside of this arena, you don't do business, any of that. Right. Because people who do business will probably understand it. More, more, right. like that. But I mean, for the most fundamental part of investing, the best thing to do is to look at what you understand first. Right. Everybody knows what profit means. 
right? You look at a cash flow statement, everybody knows what revenue means. So, and these are actually the most important parts of understanding if a company is surviving and if it's not. Because you have to remember, even in the investing world, for, mo- for the most part, investors, they won't break, most of them don't break this barrier to analyze the cash flow statement, how much money is to actually predict how much. Like, for example, during this COVID time, based off of this company's cash flow, how long can they weather a period with, with for example, a 20% cut in revenue? Right, right. So, this is where you get more technical into the reading of these sheets. But, however, I always say to people that take it step by step. First, understand the fundamentals. Look on the revenue, right. look on the profit. Is this company keeping afloat or is it not? Right. And then you can further, because in the reports, you have um, what the chairman writes about the company. Right. So the the, yeah, these are straightforward indications as to, okay, this was the reason that's causing this company to gain this profit, and this is the reason that's causing it not to. Right. And even when you understand this part, you can further move along and say, okay, just look it up on Google. Okay, what does shareholders equity mean? Right. When you attend AGM's annual general meetings, and mm. at these meetings, they further break down sometimes what these various segments mean. Mm-hmm. So it's an ongoing learning game. And as you take it step by step, you'll further understand maybe even more technical things. Yeah, mm-hmm. so let's start with the small parts. Profit. Company, as I'm saying, the company not grow and die. You get what I'm saying? Profit. I mean, you just start working with more and more technical things. But there's a, trust me, even me. Yeah, man, I know. Me know yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. You know I've seen some words. <laughs> just uh, me. Let me read an article on, but you know, the financial jargon, especially, you know, as I said, some specialists really, you know, it's very good that you relate to the young person yeah, because exactly. some older folks in the financial world tend to use more heavy financial <laughs> jargons to really I don't know if it's a it's a ploy to kind of push us out of the game or is it just that it's natural it comes out comes naturally it just comes to naturally them. to them because naturally. you see the thing is if if say I just like this you, you, you study engineering right so if me and you talk about a building nobody is right to not understand it's just it's just that it comes naturally right? you know what I'm saying right. that's just it right. so it's not something they might try to push away it's just that Instead of them go around the bushes, if they want to talk to them bridging, they might to say X, Y, Z. You know what I'm saying? Right. But as I said, just break it down to the simple. Simple, simple, simple. Right. That's just it. Yeah. The simplest things in life is easy. When you do things simple, right. you know, we know about forex, so the simpler you know, <laughs> <laughs> simpler everything yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. The cleaner your chart is, the right. it's, more, it's way better. It's way better. When you overcomplicate sometimes, it can make things. Can make you miss the simple things and of life a little bit quicker. Cost you as well. Honestly. Right. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people here are also, you know, listening to you, um, wanting to invest on the JSE, but a lot are also interested in foreign investments, mm-hmm. right? Whether that be physical assets mm-hmm. or intangibles. You understand? Mm-hmm. But access to that, access to foreign investments seem to be a stretch for a lot of local investors you understand you know just coming into the game jc look good but you want a piece of the foreign market i know understandable right right Right? so like what are some of the modes some of the mediums that we can use locally to access these foreign markets all right so i'll i'll explain the stocks part and i'll let my colleague newness explain the the real estate physical yeah right no problem so 
literally there are a lot of brokers abroad that can be used. So I personally use TD Ameritrade. Right. Literally, it's just just like we sign up for your account out here. Same, Same thing. Same. I think they have a, a, a program named Thinkorswim. Ah, right. Same right. thing. Right. You get what I'm saying? Right. And the thing about their app is that it's compared to JC. Unparalleled. Unparalleled. Pretty. Pretty. Pretty, pretty, pretty. You get what I'm saying? Right. So the thing is, literally, it's just signing up the same way. Sign up, you send in your information, they right. get back to you, you call them, XYZ. No international credit. No international no credit. So, what, 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 what I use is something called Google Hangouts. So, I, I strongly suggest that anyone who's going to open a broad account use that because one is that when they call them, it's better because then say you'll, they will be on the phone and you can ask them questions like what where is my where is this in the process? You get what I'm saying? Right, right. So then then we can look it up and say here what do this 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 and then that's it. You get what I'm saying? Right. So it's easier if you use Google Hangouts or just download you don't have to download it sometimes on Gmail. Right. Yeah you just call them straight and it's not it's easy. No cost just like free, that. free yeah. nothing like any that. other mediums you can use? Uh so you have yeah interactive brokers. So mm-hmm. one is a TD TD Ameritrade zero fees like you don't pay Okay. Interactive brokers is five dollar per trade. Okay. So if you if you're rolling deep, you can you can you can five dollars per trade. Interactive one is a little bit more complicated because trading fees is not really set in stone because there's a there's a light version because they also support hedge funds. Okay. So there's for the five dollars per trade, it it matters. They, they take into account the account size and what you are doing. Okay. What you are doing exactly. okay. Because some uh, bigger hedge funds tend to trade with interactive rather than TD. TD, right, yeah, TD right. is more like applicable to the Robinhood style user mm-hmm. who you know wants to be the young day trader or whatever. Right, right. Uh, interactive broker is a little bit. It, the platform is a little bit more complicated. Right, right. Yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Um, but those two are the best in terms of. Foreign investments. Okay. Um, Robin Hood and so on, you're going to need a um, US social security number. Right. 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 Actually, actually you know, interesting story. You know, the way I, I actually got to invest on NYSE, I actually went on work and travel. Mm-hmm. And going on work and travel, I know that oh. COVID, COVID time kind of hit, you know, but when mm-hmm. I work and travel, I obtained my social security. security. Yeah. And with that social security, I was then able to, to sign up for it. You understand? Mm-hmm. So, it's that kind of mentality that we want to really yeah, get exactly. out to the, to the youth. You understand? Going on these programs, taking the opportunity to, to invest, not only in you know, future generations, but yourself. So, yeah, you understand? Yeah. Right. So tell us about the, the physical. All right. So the, the physical aspect of it. I mean, we live in a world now where physical investing and mm-hmm. virtual investing can be sort of almost the same. Right. And and you right. can't say one old piece is the other in terms of. Right. Because I mean, it has its pros and cons. Having the physical asset mm-hmm. can be sometimes a little bit more liquid. Right. Like actually owning a house rather than owning a real estate investment trust. Right. Right. Yes. So the difference can be in terms of liquidity and so on. But if it really matters what you are looking for at the end of the day as an investor, right. because right. some people pretend not to. People prefer, sorry, mm-hmm. not to have the actual tangible asset. They prefer not to be with that because with the tangible asset can come a lot of responsibilities. Like, responsibilities. Right. You know, you may have to change the roof at this period, you're going to have to do the plumbing, you have to deal with 
sometimes shoddy um, rental people, tenants, tenants, right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it can be a little bit agitating for people like that, mm-hmm. and some people don't want the hands-on approach. So right. you can actually just say, you know what, I want to invest in a high-yielding REIT. Right. You know, and these some of these are offered by the brokerage houses and so on. The returns may be a little bit low. Right. However, stability. It, it's it can be a little bit more stable for the investor who wants nothing to deal with right. the physical, you know, the physical asset. asset and the headaches that can come with it. Right. But also, the physical asset, in turn, if it if all goes well and so on, can be a little bit more lucrative. So right. while the REIT can be you know, a more long term, mm-hmm. you know, the physical asset, if you model it in such a good way, let per se, and you are lucky enough not to have any much issues. Mm-hmm. It can be a little bit more lucrative, but at the same time, it matters on market swings and matters what is the investor's idea of how he sees himself as an investor. Right, right, right. So it it matters on your risk tolerance and what you want to take on at the end of the day. Because as I said, technology is improving so well and the world of investing is an ever-changing schematic. And people are really now looking into having less physical assets. Right, Right, right. So, I mean... It all depends. But having a physical real estate right now mm-hmm. in the whole schematic of things right. is still very powerful. So balance is important because balance it leads me to my leads us to our next question. Because the next next question would be, you know, how important is that balance? That balance between physical and intangible assets. Is it a must that we we have to have physical assets to attain a certain amount of wealth? Right. Or do we rely solely on intangibles moving towards the future? Because based on how we're looking right now, you know, intangibles are taking up more of our portfolios. You understand? So yeah. is it that we are moving away from the tangible assets and going to intangible? Or do we need to strike that balance? Well, the balance would be perfect. One could say that intangible assets, because we see how the real estate market is now. I mean, for certain areas, we look at Kingston 6, Kingston 8. Wow, who wouldn't want to own a rock in like Kingston 6? Right. Because these houses are going for like $80 million above. $80 million sounds a bit conservative for some of these areas. You know? right. So, I mean, it all matters on your capital level, right. your risk tolerance itself, and mm-hmm. how much you understand the business. Right. Because just going out and say, I'll purchase real estate, it sounds easy, but there's a lot of different intricacies behind it. You'll have to pay lawyer fees. You'll have to look on the GCT fees, mm-hmm. transfer tax, and all of that. Mm-hmm. So you have to more understand what you're getting yourself into. Right. And but it can be a little bit more lucrative because the, the, the regular re, real estate investment trusts or mm-hmm. certain other instruments of that sort mm-hmm. can be a little bit slow moving. But right. let's say I inherited a house in Kingston Six, mm-hmm. you know, right then and there. I mean, I would take that any day over the money to just buy it. Yeah, yeah. I could continue. Of course, for five years, and I'm just sure that hey, listen, I never put anything in this one. Right, right. You know, so everything getting out is so. Mm-hmm. If I rent it for five years and sell it after that five, I'm still in so much positive. Right, right, so right, right. The right. intangible asset can really be good, but we know that in terms of expenses, right. it can be almost out of reach for the regular right. view. Right. You know, while a real estate investment trust can be just a hundred dollars per. Right, right, right. So striking that balance is very important, you know. 
So learning what to understand what you're able to manage as right. a person mm -hmm. and how much you're able to leverage at the end of the day is very important to strike in that balance. Right, right. You know, right. looking at instruments that would fit your build to what you want to get into. So okay, understood. So as it relates to educating yourself, I know that you must read books. Yeah, definitely, definitely. There are young individuals listening to this podcast right now. You know, not old sure of you know old as well. Yeah, yeah old big up the elders. You get me? You know. The way old the Jamaican society is set up, you know, they're not sure of where to go for information on these things, you know, what books to read, you know. And this will aid in whether or not or how soon they can get started on investing. What are some materials that you'd suggest? that these young individuals can read that would aid in them educating themselves mm -hmm. more and progressing into investing? Well, you could look at Grant Cardone, times yes. 10. Uncle G. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he's good with real estate. If you right. want a good insight with real estate, you can look at Grant. Also, mm -hmm. Kiyosaki. Robert, Robert. Yeah, yeah. Kiyosaki. Big boy. I mean, everybody is supposed to hear about Rich Dad Poor Dad. That book gives you almost the realest insight on what the world is today and how some for some for the most part right. what we're educated on in terms of the fundamentals that we go on can be really wrong. Right. You know? <laughs> and to help to keep us in touch with reality. Right. To understand certain things. But I mean for the most part, those books aren't really going to give you the exact step to step on how simple and simple rules of um, understanding finance. Right, right. Right. However, I use articles to understand finance. Those books actually mm -hmm. made me more grounded. Right, right. You right, know, right. as a person. So, like your first steps in. going into investing, yeah. then you're because mm -hmm. I was I was nowhere near the financial scene. <laughs> I Same. just I'm happy to fall into it. Right. And these were books that I had picked up after I used to read articles mm -hmm. and so on to understand certain things about basic finances. Right. Maybe Mali can tell you more about various finance, financial educational books. Right. I mean, for me, I found the raw books that teach you the facts. Right. Of the, the, truth. the world. Yeah, the the truth. truth. Right. The world is not okay, get up, you know, get a job, you're right. No. That's what Rich Dad Poor Dad is saying. Right. Yeah. And Grant, he taught me about the, the, the real estate market, understanding certain stuff about how to go around taxes. Mm -hmm. Not quarrel, let me say quarrel. But how to be more efficient. Alright, so let, let, let's 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 go back to the, the physical and the intangible um assets question. You know, a lot of people are more reserved because they have more responsibilities. You know, you know, in your mid forties to fifties you tend to take less risks. Because as we say, as I said before, you have more responsibilities. Now, for those even young, even young persons that honestly, I don't really, I don't really like the saving, mm -hmm. the saving thing. I like when my money works for me. You understand? Right, right. But some people like the safety. Some people like to be conservative, security. You understand? So, as it relates to investment options, for like a safe net, like a two percent or. Three percent. Can you give us some some options as it relates to investment products that can give can can give um, people clarity and give people safety that safe feeling on their money? 
Alright, so let me set up a disclaimer first. <laughs> Once you're investing, there's nothing there's nothing called a hundred percent safe. Right. Nothing is a hundred percent safe. A lot of people felt safe before this COVID. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, 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 yeah. Some so people true. still have the belief that a job is safe, yeah. This COVID is supposed to be that doesn't it's exist. Not, it's not so but I mean lower risk. Yeah, lower risk. Yeah. What I would say is other than your savings, you can look into money market. Right, right. Uh, money markets is basically like 30 day investments. You can go up to 90, 30 to 90 day investments where the yields are low. Some of the brokerage houses offer them. They usually do government um, paper, paper, bonds, right, some right, of them, right, right, right. You know, so no, those are mm-hmm. quick turnover. Mm-hmm. However, the yields usually can be like 0.2% per month or so, which is really, it's it's really low, but they can be really safe. Right. right. So those can be an option. Also, I spoke about real estate investment trust. Right, right. Those can be really low. And even have stocks and stock market that are based off of real estate investment But stocks tend to be a little more risky. It can be a little bit more wild and risky, mm-hmm. but those are usually the lower end risk type stocks. Of course. Right. Real estate stocks. So you can look at certain stocks like Epley, Caribbean Fund. Right. Uh, Bonds itself, both corporate corporate bonds mm. and um, government bonds. Government bonds. So yeah. yeah, so bonds in itself is a low risk instrument. What happens is that basically you're lending either a company or a government money, and they are going to pay you back a certain amount every year. It's long term. Huh? It's long term. Yeah, it's long term. It's long term. Yeah. Yeah. Long term. Yeah. 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 So that's the thing. If you're looking at a low risk instrument, more than likely it's going to be a longer. Right, because right. short term of like trading and everything that you know, but, but, you but then you have, you have some people that want the safety but don't want to wait. Like, how, how you can't. No, you have to, that, that's the thing, that's the thing about China. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, no, you have to. No, that can't. No, no. When I when I hear that sometimes, because oh. I disclaim, I'm not a, I'm not a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. You understand? But I'm saying, there's no way you can look at me and ask me that. You understand? <laughs> I mean, I think somebody are really quite. Uh, is, do you think that is, that's a serious right. question? Like so, a serious inquiry? Do you think that's possible? So it depends on, on their horizon. So what they consider short term? Are you talking about a year? Like they want it like this. No, no, no. Like no, if, well, if, if you can get a million dollars in one week, yeah. they'll take it. I mean, for those people, I think what really <laughs> needs to be improved from them, um, overall, the financial model. Right, right, overall, right. I agree. I agree. But some people who have okay financial knowledge can still expect this. But I think what they have mastered is the psychology aspect. Yeah. The psychology aspect. Because, I mean, even looking on trying to earn anything over 2% per month, that's like out of the walk risky. Right. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, that is just a regular investment. Yeah. I mean, and 2% sounds like a little, but that shows you the magnitude of how challenging this financial world can be and investing can be. I mean, if you're going out to start your own business, you know, you can more look for these numbers, but for more passive investments, going to the bank, starting, opening an investment account, these things can take time, especially when you want to remain in a certain safety net. And not going out choosing like, particular stocks which really can go down low right, right. return is lucrative right. but at the same time you have to understand the psychology you can't
can come out and say, listen, I want loans, but I want big money in the shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those yeah, those yeah. arguments actually don't coincide in the investment world. Right. You you have to you know look at it and align your mind. These obviously some of these people said it's hard to aware of what yields are are like. Right. So they need to of course build up the financial knowledge right. and understand what a risk tolerance means. Right. So that's why it's important to find good financial advisors mm-hmm. to we are not financial advisors. Good financial advisors, and when I say financial advisors, some people feel that okay, this is not their knowledge source. Right, right. You need to do your checks also. You need to understand because the financial advisors can only say, okay, these are the products we have available, right. and this is what is out there. They really can't tell you that okay, this is what you need to do. They basically say, okay, this is an option. Yeah, now you need to go and do your reading yeah, and figure it out because I mean. Nobody can tell you exactly how the market is going to go. They can right. only tell you what existing information they have in the database. Of course. Exactly. So that's why extra reading is important. Understanding the history of what you're investing in is important. Right. And understanding what are the pros and cons of it. Right. How long this will take to turn over, how its performance was in the past five years, probably ten. Right. You know? Past don't predict future performance. Yeah. However, it gives you a better guidance to okay how the system Right. Or, or what can happen? Where is it going? What it moves? Where is where is it going? Mm-hmm. What sort of investments this company has been making? Right. You know, so it can further align with your financial policy. So, what was your experience like um, opening a brokerage account? You know, what was required of you? You know, to open this account. Uh, it relates to credentials. Yeah, credentials. Oh, right. So, um, well, you need you need a proof of address. Right. You need um. Proof of address, ID, ID with, with the TRN on it, right? So like a driver's license, preferably, right? Right. right? Um, what is that? Proof of address, ID. You need a recommendation. Also. You need two recommendations. So from right. either two existing clients, yeah, reference. Yeah. So you need some from either existing clients or a past or just to sell a piece. All of them, right? Do, do some brokerages require um proof of employment? That's what, that's what I was getting at. You also need a source of income. Source of income. And that is where a lot of young people experience issues exactly. with opening accounts. Right, so that right. part, mm-hmm. everybody will have a greater part. Like source of funds. Because some banks won't take them on. Because for the most part, <laughs> our age, you know, you're going to, you're probably going to university. Right, right. Source of income is your parents, but you can't tell them that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> some banks have a good relationship. Plant, um, First relationship, so they will actually. Some of them can actually say, "Okay, bring a letter from the parents, and they will have to take, like for example, their, um, let's say the payslip, pay right. and they just say, okay, this is what I'll be giving to my whatever.' Some banks will actually say, okay, just get a statement from your savings account. Right. Okay, okay. How much you have there, and for the most part, for those banks, it's easier. I won't call any names, but I mean, for my experience, actually. I opened my bank account with Sagittarius and JMB. It was pretty easy. Yeah, right. Pretty straightforward. Right. I've other accounts that are bank accounts, but I mean yeah. it, it some of them was a little bit more difficult than right. some. Right. Some of them were more stringent, but it's completely understandable because I mean people have to understand that at the same time our our banks the the risk profile of younger people entering the bank, especially with what we see going on here in Jamaica with Right, right, right. 
certain issues. I mean, they're very afraid to open. It, it doesn't even matter if you're young. Right. You know, yeah. just open an account for someone who literally has no proof of where the income yeah. is coming from can be a little bit difficult. So I will be sympathetic for some part, but for the most part, I think there needs to be a system established that, okay, young people should be able to open accounts very easy and transparent without having to provide. You're telling them, no, they can't enter because they don't have this or that. Right. I mean, it's obvious that the regular 18-year-old no, it's not is going not to going to be able to provide you exactly, exactly, exactly. You know? right, right. But, I mean, there are ways to circumvent it. You can go, I mean, prior to, it, to hitting 18, you open an account with your mom. Right. And I think by the time you reach 18, it is redeemable for you. And then okay, you can okay. also open accounts in trust, too. Which means that, like, for example, your mom would open an account for you right. before you're 18. And by the time you're 18, it's mm. not redeemable to you. Oh, okay. okay. So okay, there's okay. certain ways to get around that system. Right, right. So what's next for, for 876 Invest? Because a lot, a lot of information has been, you know, passed here. You know, everybody is really sitting on listening to this very keenly, I'm sure. You understand? Because this is the first type of you know in-depth really investment knowledge that has been you know other than the the, the, the motivational content and the basics right this is a bit more in-depth so how can people go even further with 876 invest how can we get how can we get in contact with you and really have a sit down and say you know um i'm looking to invest i'm going to take it serious what do i do okay so we have a website platform that literally allows people to engage and write the name, write the description of the inquiry, and it goes straight to our email, 876.ja at gmail.com. Repeat that right? 876.ja at gmail.com. Okay. And the website is 876invest.com. Okay. Right? So literally go at the bottom of that page, you click engage, and you can just write your name and put your description there. It goes to our email. Right. Also, we have our Instagram page where people Daily, yeah. <laughs> questions yeah. and so on, and we follow up, and we have a WhatsApp group also, and based off of these people' financial knowledge and yeah. how much they can engage, we'll bring them into this group because sometimes we realize that in the initial part people can be lost because of their level that they're at. Right, right. So that's basically how we keep in contact with our audience. Right, right. So, um, wrapping up. In wrapping up, you know, I, I'd like to thank the 876 Invest team on behalf of Hustle House JA. It was you know, a very interesting and very informative interesting interview. Informative. Appreciate only, you guys taking the time out of your busy schedule because I know time is money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not only as young investors, but, you know, as Georgians as well. Definitely. Don't know. Understand. So I really appreciate this, not only as you know one young man to another, but as one brother to another. You understand? Right, right. I appreciate the help. I appreciate taking the time. You know, we, we, we want to hear great things coming from continuously coming from 876 Invest, which you know would happen, will happen. Will happen. You understand? There's, time is the no master. Doubt. You understand? So Definitely. again, gentlemen, thank you for the greeting. Thank you for the stopping. You understand? I mean, there's one before the podcast. Right. One last thing. That yeah, man. Is. What's new? What's new? You know, 
we wouldn't like to leave here without dropping certain gems. Right. You know, I'm right. talking about certain what? stocks and right. so on, stocks that we like personally. All right, so guys, <laughs> not financial advice. Who do you want to leave here without talking? Yeah, well, drop some gems, man. Let's hear it. I mean, okay, so for what we experienced so far, everybody know that the COVID had caused, has, had caused the market to tank as low as over 30%. Right, right. That was in the height of the COVID around March, April. Right, right. The market has rebounded somewhat. I mean, it's still in negative territory for a year. However, going forward, one sector that I've seen that has performed admirably so far for the year, and this is highly due to the shifting in consumer demand and also disruption of supply chains across the Caribbean and right. also for some part in Europe and North America. Right. So I'm looking at the manufacturing and distribution sector. So, so far we've seen one stellar company coming up with mind-blowing results so far during this period, and that's separate. I mean, last year, people could have noticed that, okay, this company is was tailing behind slightly due to profit constraints. Right, right, but right. if you were to dive deep into this company, you'd realize that they were, during this period of 2019, they had just acquired facing commodities, they were consolidating their dairy business, and also trying to shed the debt and costs that the sugar industry was bearing. Right, right. They got all this off of the books for 2019. One thing that stood out to me looking at the results, I mean, we spoke about it. The most important thing is to look on is profits. profits right. so when you start getting more seasoned investing, you start understanding certain things. One thing that caught my mind from quarter two for separate was that quarter two, three, four, thereabout, you could see that they had very high revenues, but right. profit was down about 8%, for another quarter, 7%. 71% increase in revenue. 71. 71% increase in revenue, but no profit. Right. And when, <laughs> but when the directors were explaining that, listen, this is what the sugar was causing, and when you looked at the financial sheets, you could see that, okay, there was a huge deficit coming from certain operations. Right. And you're like, okay, this is the sugar operation that they were talking about that was bleeding. Right. And this is the, the result of the dairy consolidation, shutting down the furniture plants, right. Right. plants right. for right. better right. usage. Right. You're like, okay, there's a deal. They also signed a deal with Nestle. Right. They acquired the um, agreement to distribute the supplicants. Right. So I'm like, okay. And they're looking into new markets. This company will eventually realize some growth. Right. So I said, okay, I'm going to take some more position and look into it. By this year, we saw these profits, these revenues now being translated straight over into the profit line. Right, 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 Sugar right. was off the books. The dairy industry was consolidating. I'm like, okay, great. And it got even, they, they, they made one step even better. During mm -hmm. the pandemic, people were stocking up on food. Right, consumer right, staples. Right. Separate offers a wide amount of consumer staples. Right. Meal. Betting it. I mean, that, that is something that I always know everybody. Right, 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 right. Certain little things that people can do without. You know, so I mean, separate, that sort of food that separate had in the market is invaluable to this period. I believe it's invaluable to this period that we are going through. Right. So, I mean, for the goal, I literally can see, this is one company that I can see in the financial year 
Anta, right. as with other companies from the distribution sector. Jam Jamaica Tees, Jam Tees was the ticker on the stock exchange. Mm -hmm. They've reported a over 30% increase on their export mm -hmm. because not saying tea short, but at the same time, yeah. you have to remember that some people markets got disrupted. Right, right. Those who were supplying them probably went during this period had a rough patch and they couldn't supply some right. amount. So that right. became prime time for another company to step in. And these companies in the manufacturing distribution um, center, I mean, even backed by the government, no, the government is going to want to push exports because, of as we know, our main income as a country is tourism. Right. Right. That's right. Right. So right. now this is a prime time for those companies focusing on export, agriculture, to get even JPs, they are now looking into new markets in Europe. So I mean, JP, Jamaica producers for people who don't know, right. you know? So I mean, it's right time for these industries. And I mean, we've been saying it all along. We need to produce more than what we're bringing in. Exactly. Course, I, so agree. Now I, agree. I think this will kind of make Push people us. more aware, yeah, aware and conscious to the fact that, listen, we actually need alternative streams to prop up our income for the country. Yeah, put all the eggs in one basket. Can't. I mean, tourism accounts for so much of our GDP. Right. It's not funny. So I mean, <laughs> forty percent. I'm not sh exactly sure of the number, but I thought it was more, and I'm sure. I think it's more. It's yeah. more. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's about sixty. Sixty-one. It's about sixty. I think it's about sixty. Right. Last time I checked, it was about 60, okay. 60 something. Okay. But right there, it shows you our high reliance on tourism. Right. We're in a period now where tourism is completely wrong. Right. Right. It's <laughs> almost a myth. Right. So that shows you the economic devastation. And last year, there was a closing of our second highest earner, which was the mining industry. Right. Bauxite. Right. Um, Alpart, yeah, that's Alpart. the name. Right. Had shut down due to some constraints of bauxite not being sold on the open. Right. So they just close on the plant and start refurbishing, mm -hmm. and it's so there's no income from that also. So our two most profitable sectors are down. So this obviously means that listen, we need to start thinking of other options. Right. And as some people have been saying for a long time before, hey, listen, we need to start exporting goods. We have so much greenery here. We need to start growing certain crops and start, you know, packaging them and selling them. So, I mean, this is ample time for not a complete shift, but a more push to these underserved markets here in Jamaica. Right. And even technological. I mean, I won't get into sports and sports and manufacturing. I mean, so, you know, listeners, some gems have been dropped. Right. You understand? Take heed or not, the market's going to move with or without you. You understand? So, joke. you, you, you. Take this into account. You understand? If you're not reading, start reading. If you're not investing, start investing. If you haven't contacted 876 Invest yet, please do. So no. You understand? We'll be dropping the link to their website, their Instagram page, and any other contacts that they may have so you can reach them easily. Right? right. A plug and play system. So you now have to click the link in the bio. I don't know why that's so hard, but <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll give you all of that right at your fingertips. All right? So. Jason, you want to close this up? So, guys, we have this thing that we call the Hustlers Anthem. So, it's basically how we end each podcast. What do you have to say to young individuals, young entrepreneurs listening right now, to give them some encouragement to keep pushing? 
عليك